morning, good afternoon, and good evening. We're back with another episode of Pull Up from Three. This is part two of the March Madness episode. I have my father back again. Um, so I have to admit, my final four was a little bit off. I I thought Murray State was going to do a lot better than they did, and they just met a Florida State team that looked amazing. And then my championship teams had my heart pumping with that U, uh, UCF game. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be just a blowout. But Dawkins had those boys ready to play. But I still believe in Duke to get it together and finish out these games strong. I think they're going to hand over Virginia Tech. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think they're going to hand over Virginia Tech to get ready for that Michigan State LSU matchup. But I was completely wrong about Murray State. Your your Final Four is still intact, correct? Yes, my Final Four is still in still intact. I had. Uh, Tennessee, UNC, Gonzaga, and Duke, and all of them are still in play. Tennessee had me a little worried as well uh, <clears throat> when they played Iowa because they were up 25 at half and just let Iowa come back and just bad play down the stretch. But they managed to pull it out. Um, I'm kind of kind of worried about them in their in their next game against Purdue because um, Purdue to me has been one of the most impressive teams so far uh, this tournament. Just taking it to the teams from the jump, not even a question of whether or not they're going to win. It's kind of, by halftime, it's been looking like it's it's over. Yes, I've been impressed with Purdue also, and I've been impressed with Auburn. They're kind of scary because they, uh, they can really shoot the three, and they're athletic. And that's the kind of team that uh, gives North Carolina trouble. Yes. And that's North Carolina's next game. <clears throat> the only thing that concerns me with Purdue is their whole offense is on Edwards. And and both of the games he scored almost fifty percent of their points. So if I feel like if he's off one game their their tournament is over. Last game they had eighty seven points, he had forty two. Wow. So the rest of the team scored forty five points. The first game I think he scored the team scored sixty one points, he had twenty six. So the rest of the team had thirty thirty five some odd yeah, about thirty five points. So they're not Outside of Edwards, they're not really putting up too much production. What makes me, when you have too much on one player, you know, that what makes it break. I mean, that's how Kentucky got past Wofford there. One player couldn't hit any threes, and Kentucky managed to get past them. But Edwards is not the player that I have been most impressed with. The player that I've been most impressed with is Brandon Clark. He scored, I want to say, 36 against Baylor. His career high hasn't had a thirty-point game his whole entire career. Also had five blocks, but averaging over four blocks in both the games. He had five blocks that game, and four blocks the first game, I believe. And he's just been on a tear. Um, and I, I mean, people could say Oregon's been an impressive team, but after their first-round team, they had a, a lower seed than them with UC Irvine. So it's still impressive for a twelve seed to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. It's just. Not as impressive when your second round game isn't a a, a top seed team. So they they beat Wisconsin, which was impressive because Wisconsin was a five seed. But when you're not, you know that first round teams are always adrenaline pumping that first round for everybody. So I I was I'm curious to see how they're going to play against UVA. I don't I think that's where the road stops for them. But Brandon Clark has been what's been most impressive for me so far. I haven't seen Brandon Clark play since. Gonzaga played UNC, so I can't comment on him too much. 
but I did see Ja Morant. Yes. I've, I've seen him play one game, and I was very impressed uh, with, with how he played. A triple-double, he had 15 points, I think 13 uh, rebounds and 17 assists. 17 assists. Yes. That was very impressive. And then even in again in the game against Florida State, I think he he still dropped 26. Just the rest of the team didn't show up that game. So he's also a very impressive player. Um, but so let's let's get into the rest of this, these games. So I think the hardest region left is the West. All four teams have been impressive in both their games and. Gonzaga might be the first one seed to go down. I, I agree with you. The West is the hardest region left. And I don't know if they'll be the first to go down, but it's it's a very hard region. And I have uh, the East, the second hardest, and they have the top four seeds still, <laughs> still playing in their region. Then I would go to the Midwest and then the South. The, the reason I say the South is the easiest because you – if you go by seeding, you have a 12 seed in their region still left to play. And the other regions have at least a top five seeds left to play. And I could see if Auburn come out on top of their game, I could see them beating UNC. They could be be the first uh, one seed to, to lose. I know whoever – wins this Auburn UNC game is the team that's going to represent the Midwest in the uh, Final Four because Kentucky without PJ Washington they're just not a complete team and you can tell how much and he, and he may be back I, I believe there's still a chance he could play but if he's not playing whoever wins this Auburn UNC game is the team that's going to the Final Four I still think UNC I mean the way the UNC's been playing these this last few these last couple months it, it's light years different than how they looked at the beginning of the year. It's two different teams from from what they look at the beginning of the year. Because again, like I said earlier, this was supposed to be a rebuild team, and it just shows you how great of a coach Roy Williams is that he was able to turn this team around. Because they looked bad at the beginning of the year. They looked bad, and he's turned this team around. You have Kobe White, who was probably wasn't even a lottery pick at the beginning of the year, has stepped his game up. Nazir Little these last two games. I don't know where he's been all season, but these last two games, he's he's been one of the better players. Well, what they've done is make an adjustment, and offensively he's playing closer to the basket so he doesn't have to uh, dribble or shoot 18 to 20 feet out. They put him closer to the basket, so all he had to do is make one move, and he's right there at he's, the basket. He is and he looks athletic. more dominating, and he's more comfortable to yeah. me. Playing closer to the basket. Well, he, he he's very explosive. Yeah. Because if he gets the ball mm-hmm. and he's within one step, one dribble, he's dunking on somebody. Right. No, I've yet seen he's and he's not even big. He's not even that big. He's I think he's six six two twenty. He just looks lean because yeah. He, he, but I think he's six six two twenty. But the adjustments that Roy Williams has made has made his game a lot better because he came in the year as a potential top five pick and. It's starting to waver down, but these last two games, it's, I can definitely see his stock is, is rising. The the game I'm most I want to see the most is probably Florida State Gonzaga. That's the game I'm looking forward to the most out of these sixteen games. Oh, the game I'm looking forward to the most is Michigan State and LSU. LSU has some 
good athletes on their team also. And I think that should be a good game. And I'm also looking forward, even though, because I've watched Auburn a couple times, and they are so athletic and can shoot the three. And I just, I can't wait to see that UNC-Auburn game also. But LSU and Michigan State, I think, will be a, a really good game. And another good game is Tennessee and Purdue. Because if both of them are on top of their game, yes. that should be a good game also. It's a lot of good games. I can tell you what game I'm not really looking forward to. And I'm never looking forward to Kentucky versus Houston. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to um, UVA versus Oregon because of how Kenny Wooten has been playing. They're, they're sending, are they power forwards? This is Bowl Bowl's not there. He's basically the, big, the only oh, okay. big man they have left. He's has like averaging five blocks these last two games. He's defensively he's been looking amazing in the paint. So I'm actually looking forward to the game. Still think UVA is going to pull it out, but I think Oregon's big man is he's been looking really well. I wish Bowl Bowl was still playing because then they probably wouldn't have been a 12 seed. They probably would have been a top five seed with uh, Bowl Bowl on that roster. I'm hoping we could see a lot more from Duke than we've gotten so far from this tournament. I mean, outside of Zion, is I haven't really seen much. Trey's shot terrible last game. I think he was like one for six or two for seven. It was he was off, but Trey's not a, to me. Trey's not, that's not his strong point. His strong point is his defense, and he and he needs to be more of a playmaker and getting the ball to the other three players. Let me ask you a question about Trey Jones. Is he still being? Said as a first round draft pick, if if he's a first round late, I can't see he see if to me if you can't if you can't shoot the basketball as a guard, you're not a, a you're not a five star, and you should not be a first round draft pick. I think most I've seen early second, late first. I mean, it kind of depends on the team, but he's he's not a lottery pick by any means, uh, but his. What may get him into the first round is his defense, because he's one of the better defenders. But you can get a, you can get a, you can get a, you. Can, I'm sorry, but you can get a, a good defender in the second round. You don't go after defenders I in the see, first round. I mean, because the because the rules of the the rules have changed in the NBA. They yeah. want a lot of scoring, yeah. so you go after people that can score. <clears throat> I think he can score. It's just the way Duke is set up, no one could get inside the paint except for Zion and RJ. When Zion wasn't playing, we saw Cam slash into the basket. As soon as Zion came back, Cam just stays around the perimeter. Same thing with Trey. Trey, he's good at getting to the basket, but when Zion's down there, no one else can close to the basket. And it's like the offense is only set up for RJ and Zion to go to the basket. Another good player that um, we should look out for is, uh, I think they, his name's from LSU, yeah. is Nas Reed. Oh, yes. yes. He's a 6'10 guy that can uh, beat his man off the dribble and has three-point range. And he's a 6'10, probably 250, 260. Yeah, this LSU game, LSU Michigan State game is going to be an amazing game. Yeah. But uh, So speaking of Michigan State, did you get to see the Tom Izzo situation when he uh, – Yelled at the player. Yelled at the player. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's hard to comment on that because you don't know why he was yelling yeah. at the kid. They never said why. Because I watched the game. Well, I was at work, so yeah. I couldn't hear what they were saying. But yes. we don't know 
what happened for him to yell at the kid. But as a coach, and you're, you've, you've coached for probably, what, about 10, 10 years, close to that, and I've played for you, I've seen you get angry, but I've never seen you actually put your hands in another player's face. Me, personally, I don't think he did anything wrong because I don't know what, what the situation was. And none of the players have a problem with it. Also, current players or former players. So my biggest thing, I don't understand why everybody else has an issue with it. I, I could see I could see the player saying, what did I do? Yeah. He did something wrong. Yes. Because I don't think a coach would yell at you for doing something right. <laughs> he did something that he wasn't supposed to do. I don't know if he showboated or what, what he did. Or, I think he didn't get back on defense. I think that's what the issue was. Okay. Yeah, he he was not he was not in the spot where he was supposed to be. And did they score off of that? Yeah. Okay. I, I believe the other team scored off of it, and that's why Tom Izzo blew up the way he did because it was a close game when it happened. Right. Right. So I, I see I see Roy Williams yell at his players all the time. Yeah. They most of the time a coach will yell at you for defensive reasons. They won't yeah. yell at you for shots. Yeah. They'll say they'll they'll they won't get angry. They'll say something like, I don't want you to take that shot. But if you mess up on defense, coaches will get angry. <laughs> and I, I I've seen that myself from you because <laughs> there's been plenty of times I've seen the team not get back. Um so with the teams that are remaining, do you still feel confident in the teams that you have going to the final four? Man, these teams are so close. Um, I feel, I feel confident, but I mean, I, it's hard to say. Nobody's dominating. Yeah. So you, it's hard to say this team's going to win the championship. Out of all the teams that are left, any of them could win. I mean, because it's a six, it's a six-game tournament. And anybody can get hot for six yeah. games. So for me, with one of my teams no longer in it, and um, um, yes. of of all the teams, the lowest seed is Oregon. But they, I saw the demo is what the next was five, the five. Yeah, seed. it's the five seed. Yeah. And if and if Oregon stay hot, I haven't seen them play. But yeah. they've, but what I've heard is they've been playing really well. Yes. So it's it's hard to say. Hey, I think this team is going to mm-hmm. going to win. I mean. Duke probably has the most talent, but they could be they could be beaten on a given night, any given night. I mean, because no, there's no special team out there. I haven't seen a team dominate since the 09 UNC team. When that season started, you said this team is going to win the championship. I mean, and then they went through the tournament and won every game by double digits. Well, they I mean, dominated every team. There was one team that was dominant. They just happened to lose one game that whole entire year. It was a, I think it was a 13 Kentucky team when they only lost one game and it was the, they lost in the final four to Wisconsin. Right, so... But they still... That's but still, they didn't win, so... Yeah. <laughs> but that Duke team that did win that year was the dominant team. They just, We just all thought Kentucky was going to win. That's the only difference. But once Kentucky lost, it was like, Duke is probably going to win this but year. they shouldn't have won that, that <laughs> game. I mean... I I can honestly say that I cannot remember seeing a Duke team that won a championship and it was and the officiating wasn't bad. Duke versus Butler. 
Duke just won that. I game. said that I have I did uh, watch that game. I, I Duke, Duke <laughs> but, just, Duke but just I had, won that I game. had a friend at work that told me that it was some bad officiating in that game also. That that, that one was fine. The issue I, that that's just a rough year for me in general because me being the ODU <laughs> lost to Butler in the, in the <laughs> I remember that game. And ODU should have won that game. The, I think it was it was Sel, it was Selvin Mack lost the ball, just ball just fell out of his hands, and I want to say it went past Kent Bazemore and Frank. Uh, I can't think of his last name, but it was Frank the Tank, and it ended up in the center's hand. I don't remember the center's name. He just yeah, threw I it up. That. Yeah, he yeah. just threw it up at the buzzer, <laughs> and we lost. Yes, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't. I didn't even go to class that day after that. After that game, I just like I'm not going to class. That was a heartbreaking year. And then on top of that, VCU made it to the Final Four, so that made it even worse being an <laughs> ODU student. I mean, even though I, that, I feel like the Villanova team that won not last year, but the one that won two years before that, something against UNC. Yeah. That was a toss-up game. Anybody could have. Anybody could have won. Because they went back and forth. They won at the buzzer. So that's but, what I'm saying. that was a toss-up game. But people went in still thinking Villanova was going to win this year. I don't. There were uh, some people were saying. Some of the experts were saying UNC. I don't. I, don't, I can't remember who was favored to win that game. But um, anybody. I mean, if you went at the buzzer, that says that game could have went any, any either way. And then the, the old nine. Who did, who did y'all play that year? In the Michigan tip? State. No, y'all own Michigan State in the tournament. I I, I don't know what <laughs> what is Izzo's issue with against think, UNC, but he can't beat UNC to save his life. I think they were up double digits, almost twenty by half, if not twenty. And the only other UNC team, I mean, but you, you always you say Duke, you you haven't seen a Duke championship game where they earned the win, but. Was it the it was it two thousand three or two thousand four when UNC won it with Sean May and Raymond Felton and Rashad McCants? What year was 05. that? Oh five. In oh five, the rest were terrible in the final four. Oh, it was the Elite Eight when you played Villanova. I what, didn't see, I whatever, didn't see that whatever. Game. It was either the Elite Eight or the Final Four when you guys played Villanova. It was the Elite Eight. Elite it was the Regional Championship. Yes. McC- McCants fouled the mess out of Allen Ray, and they just let it go. It was it was meant for UNC to win. They did not want to see because that Villanova team was not supposed to be there. With Randy Foy, what was it Randy? Yeah, it was Randy Foy, Alan Ray, and they had one more guard. I mean, I don't remember the other guard. He name. plays for Toronto. Was it Kyle Lowry? Yes. Yeah. They they had basically three point guards in their starting lineup. They weren't supposed to go anywhere. Now, now one of the best Final Fours. That I've ever seen played with the Georgetown UNC. That was back and forth. It was a, an amazing final uh, championship game. And even though UNC um, was my favorite team, I did like Georgetown because I liked their coach John Thompson. And they had Patrick Ewing. They had they had a really good team too. But that was one of the best championship games that I've ever seen. The I think the best championship game I've ever seen because you know I'm, I was probably when you guys played Illinois that same year y'all won right. it when y'all played Illinois because that game was close the whole time Illinois had zero turnovers for the second half until about a minute and some change left and Luther I think it was Luther Head that turned the ball over trying to get the ball back to Darren Williams and then the game was over from that point but it was just a nail biter the whole game and I'm sitting there like come on Illinois come on well that that UNC Georgetown game wasn't even over. Until 
uh, Georgetown threw the ball to uh, James Worthy. I mean, they had the let they had the last shot basically. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the guard's name. He went to throw it to the wing, but Worthy was there. It, Worthy went out to, to steal the ball, so the guy didn't didn't pass it. Worthy still was still there. The guy turned back around and threw it to Worthy again. <laughs> that was the game, but that game was back and forth. So, with the I've already had one of my Final Four teams eliminated. So, going back to the West because I thought that was where they were coming out of. I'm going to go with Michigan to come out of the West. But I'm also going with Gonzaga is going to be the the one seed to lose in the Sweet 16. I, I I had them in my bracket losing to Murray State. I'm going to still say they're going to lose. They're just going to lose to Florida State. Michigan's <laughs> going to be Texas Tech, and then Michigan's going to be Florida State. And Duke is still going to make it to the chance. I, I still believe in Duke to win it all. I still believe in Duke to win it all. Um, if if Cam. For, I don't Cam doesn't shoot the ball enough for me. Now that Zion is back, and I, I don't know why they hold back Cam, but he doesn't shoot the ball enough for me. First of all, last game, what's his name? Uh, Zion shot the most threes. He shot seven. I want to say Cam shot three, and R, or Cam shot four, and, and then RJ shot three. There's no reason why Zion is shooting seven threes, and he's shooting more threes than both the shooters on the team. <laughs> that I, I have an issue with that. Um, but my biggest issue, then, and it's the same thing I've been saying all year about RJ, is hero ball, and Delorier saved him, even though he missed both his free throws. He f- drove in the lane, forced up a layup like he always does, and missed missed it bad. Luckily, Delorier got the offensive rebound, and he got fouled, and he missed both his free throws. But it, I don't understand why RJ does this. It's like, and it, and it could be Coach K. It could be Coach K wanting. Wanting the, to put the ball in RJ's hands, but whenever RJ drives to the hoop, he's getting the attention, which means somebody else is open, and he never kicks it out. And that's my issue with, Art, with, with, with Barry is he never looks for anybody else when he's driving to the hoop. That's why I liked Morant because Morant would drive to the hoop, and the whole time he's driving to the hoop, he's he's seeing who's open because he got he 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 garners all that attention. Because he's because he is that good, and then he kicks it out. That's why, like I personally, am a, I'm a even though I don't think Trey Jones is going to be a first round draft pick, he does he does to me he has potential to become a lot better. Jump shots can be learned. We've seen players with bad jump shots learn jump shots. I mean, Jason Kidd couldn't shoot, LeBron couldn't shoot, and towards you know their primary career they could hit jump shots. So Trey can Trey can learn a jump shot, but I like the way Trey plays. Everything else in the game, like he looks and if he drives. I, I'm a fan of Trey, and I, I think I like him more than I like RJ. RJ, RJ if they lose, I feel like it's gonna be because of because of Barrett. Barrett would be the reason why Duke doesn't win a championship. I think so. I still think Gonzaga will come out of the West, and I'm a huge UNC fan, but I can see them being the first team uh, losing. First number one seed losing losing first. I think I think the thing that about Virginia is um, their defense is always there, and if they if they can score, I, I don't see them having uh, having any problem coming out of the South. 
It's going. I would like to see Virginia and Tennessee play each other. I, I think if Tennessee has a better chance of beating Virginia than Purdue does, I think Be- so also. And that's just because they're gonna they're gonna slow down Edwards. You, Virginia's gonna slow down right. Edwards, and if, right. they, if Edwards is slow down, that's their offense right there. Right. So Tennessee, they have they have multiple people they can go. Yes. they can go to. They have uh, three. Guys, they can give you twenty points yes. on any given night. Yes, maybe four. So, if Tennessee beats Purdue, then I I still think Tennessee would beat Virginia. I think they had their nail their nail biter with Iowa, and they're gonna get it together to still come out of the, come out of the the South. So I still believe in Tennessee. I still believe in UNC. I still believe in Duke, and I'm going Michigan to come out the West. And Duke to beat Michigan, Tennessee to beat UNC, and Duke to beat Tennessee. I still, I, I'm still going with that. Now, if I think that um, if Michigan does come out of the West, I think they could beat Duke because they play really good defense. Also, yeah. I'm not high on their point guard, but they have a freshman. I think he's about six eight, six nine, and he he can uh, go to the basket. And and he's deadly from from three. I don't really think they have anybody that can match up with him. I I, I know UVA is going to be Oregon. I, you know how I feel about the Pac-12. They're just, they're terrible this year. I mean Arizona State got beat bad. Washington got beat bad. Oregon's probably going to get beat bad. The Pac-12 is just really it's just really bad, and that's just what it is. UVA UVA is going to. It's going to be UVA, Tennessee. Now, out of the Midwest, I said UNC could get beat, but if they beat Auburn, I don't think Kentucky or Houston would beat them. No, especially if PJ Washington's not back. If PJ Washington's not playing, if he, if PJ Washington's not, not playing um, this weekend, uh, uh, this this round, I don't think they're beating Houston without PJ. I mean, and Houston's really a, a quiet team that is not really garnering any attention more than that. They can even make how far they can go, because I mean, just by the because of the conference they come out of. Exactly. <laughs> but, and I mean, even though they're a three seed, they're still a, a mid major. They're still a mid major team. They're just a very quiet three seed. Now I know this wasn't one of your topics, mm-hmm. and one thing I wanted to touch on, touch bases on is. I think overall, the officiating has been horrible oh, in this tournament. It's been terrible, it, and it and it's not just like going towards like the favorite teams. It's been just awful both ways. Yeah, I, um, that um, Kentucky um, Wofford game, I'm like they are not going to let Kentucky lose this game <laughs> because at the end of that game, it was they was only down maybe two, maybe four points, and Wofford had the ball and. They got an offensive rebound, and the guy tried to put it back, and you could clearly see that he was fouled. They didn't call anything. Kentucky got the ball, went back, and Travis Reed shot the ball, and you could clearly see he did not. the guy did not touch him, and they called a foul on the Wofford guy. I'm like, they are not going to let Kentucky lose this game because they want to see the higher seeds Um keep playing. I'm like, the, the officiating has been horrible. I mean, even the Duke-UCF game, it was it was horrible both ways. I, I saw them like, Zion was getting hacked. They weren't calling anything. 
Zion charge that last play where they got the end one where he submits the free throw. That was a charge. Um, they didn't call that. If, well, I think it's he, a, I think I think he was shooting the free throw and he missed right. Yeah, he missed that free throw. And you could clearly see. I saw the replay. It showed him above the basket angle. You could clearly see R.J. Barrett push the guy away so he could get the rebound. And you could see DeLaurier. Yeah. You could see him hook his man so he couldn't jump for the ball. And how you miss both of those fouls on one play <laughs> is beyond me, especially when they said they they are watching for the hook. It's, it's, it was a point of emphasis this year. And even when they didn't haven't called fouls, they went back because they thought the guy um, hooked someone. They went back to, re, to look at it. And how you not even look at it? It's beyond me. My thing is, if you're going to let them play, be consistent with it. But it's not consistent because sometimes they'll call like a touch, a, a really bad touch foul, and it's like you just let that push go on the other end. But exactly. It's, but it's I don't. Fishy. I don't. I don't. I don't like um, when they say they letting them play because then you're not consistent as a referee. Yeah. A foul at the beginning of the game is a foul at the end of the game. They'll never, oh, they'll never call a foul on, <laughs> on a, a last, a last, because I think that last possession they had, I, some people thought that Trey fouled the, uh, the guy driving to the hoop. I thought he was just playing tough deep. I didn't think I that didn't, was a foul. I did not see the that play. Yeah, the, it was like the last play that they they did when they missed the shots buzzer. I saw people think they, oh Trey fouled. I'm like, I personally didn't think that was a foul. But then even if he was a foul, they're never going to call a foul. On the last second, unless it's like blatant, a blatant hit, but they're gonna let them. They're gonna let it go unless it's a really bad, almost flagrant foul. Majority, ninety-five percent of the time, they're just gonna let that one go, which I think is wrong, <laughs> because how you you can't say it's a foul at the beginning of the game, and a, but not a foul at the end of the game. You if you if it's a foul, it's a foul. I, I mean, I I feel the same way. I just throughout history, referees have let things go. At the end of the game, way more than they do at the beginning of the game. Was there uh, anything else you would like to share before we, uh, before I head on to the, my next my next segment? Uh, I just hope everyone uh, get to watch as many of the games uh, as possible. Um, it should be some good games this weekend, and uh, I hope uh, I can come back uh, next week and we can talk about the Final Four. Final Four. Hopefully Duke's still still in there because I just don't want just don't want my team that that I chose that I have so much faith in to lose early. All right. Well, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, when we come back, I was doing uh, GMO talking about the Phoenix Suns. All right, and we're back to talk about GMO with the Phoenix Suns. Don't have really much to say with the Phoenix Suns except for they need to figure out how they will get Lonzo Ball this offseason. And the way I think that should happen is, and this, and this is only the case if they don't end up with the number one pick. So they end up with two or the number three pick. They trade that number, that first round pick to the Lakers. They get Lonzo Ball, the Lakers first round pick this year and the Lakers' first-round pick next year. They use that first-round pick this year 
to get Brandon Clark. So now you're looking at a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, Brandon Clark, and DeAndre Ayton. And then they work on getting some depth. That is a young team, and they'll still have two first-round picks next year. If they don't do as great, they'll still have their lottery picks. And whatever pick the Lakers end up with, we have no idea what's going to happen with them. But that's what the Phoenix Suns need to do this offseason. Get Lonzo to Phoenix. That needs to be their main goal. Get Lonzo to Phoenix. From from what I believe, those young players aren't happy in L.A. anymore. Let Lonzo be the first one to get out. He's, He's not a great shooter, but a jump shot can be learned. We've seen it from Jason Kidd to LeBron. Jump shots can be learned. He's a great playmaker. He plays great defense. If Devin Booker can get some money to help him with just the playmaking part, you add another big man besides DeAndre Ayton, so now you have two big men that can play defense and put up some points. That's a young team that's that can grow. Kelly Oubre can put up some points. He's not going to be like a 20 you know, a 20-point guy, but he can get you a solid 12 points. Booker can get you a solid 20, 24 points. DeAndre Ayton's going to improve. He can be a 20-10 guy. Brandon Clark can be like an 18-10 guy. That that team has potential. They just got to get their starting lineup down, add some depth to that team, and they can be making some noise in a, in a few years. But the first thing they need to do is add Lonzo Ball to Phoenix. And my last word is a lot of a lot of things recently in the ESPN Sports Center has been talking about Trey versus Luca. Luca is the rookie of the year. But the distance between the type of the how great of a player Luca is and how great of a player Trey is is not that it's not that far. They are both amazing. Trey just took too long to become who he is right now at this point in the season to win Rookie of the Year. So Luca has that award won. That's his award. You know, Trey may get some votes for it, but when it's all said and done, Luca deserves Rookie of the Year. But at this point in the season, they're 1A and 1B. It's just that Luca's been one from beginning to the end, and Trey didn't become one to post-All-Star. So, Luca, congratulations. You will be the Rookie of the Year. And uh, next week we can talk about who's going to win most improved between D'Angelo Russell and Siakam. Thank you, guys, and you have a wonderful day. If you have anything that you want to say, hit me up, comment, message me. Let me know how you feel about today's episode. If there's any topics that you want me to talk about, let me know. You guys have a good day. Peace. 